Welcome to Jawing About the G-Men. I am Joe McGuire along with Sean Scanlon. We will be joined by King Zay in just a little bit. Now, Sean, my goodness gracious, the first half of this game against the Cardinals was almost as bad as what we saw in week one. <laughs> against the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, you and I were just discussing this. It seemed like at halftime, the season was over. They didn't seem like they could get anything going. The offensive line, atrocious. Daniel Jones was on the run the whole time. Joshua Dobbs looked like a pro bowler out there in the first half. Uh, good, Everything that could go wrong in six quarters had gone wrong for the Giants. Yeah, it was, uh, like you said, not, not pretty at all. I was ready to um, throw the towel in on the season just six quarters through, which is never fun, uh, especially after coming off of last season. There were a lot of high hopes going into this year, um, and then you go into – playing a team that's actively tanking. Um, they're they're trying to get the number one pick, and they come in and smoke you in that first half. So it wasn't fun to watch at all. Um, like you said, the offensive line um, got a little bit better in the second half. But, yeah, especially without Andrew Thomas, you were hoping that they would hold up in pass protection, but did not look good in the first half. Um, the run defense has been god-awful. Um, they haven't been able to stop really anyone. And like you said, um, Joshua Dobbs running over Xavier McKinney to get in the end zone. That, that was not a pretty sight, not a good look for X, but uh, they turned it around in the second half. This offense looked really good, um, kind of what we expected them to look like a little bit uh, going into this season. So they had five straight drives of uh, with, ending with a score. They didn't punt the ball once in the second half. So hopefully they can just build on that, carry that momentum uh, into the Thursday game tomorrow with the Niners. Um, obviously the Niners are going to give us a huge test, uh, similar to what the Cowboys did in week one. Uh, they have a great front seven, really good pass rush. And uh, Andrew Thomas is going to be out again tomorrow. So hopefully those new guys, uh, Josh Zudu at left tackle and Marcus McKesson, uh can kind of figure it out. Um, ben Bredesen is going to be out again, or out with a concussion. Uh, he was out for, you know, most of the game uh, last week. So I, I don't really have super high expectations going in against the Niners. Um, that's not to say I think the, the season is over like I did after the first six quarters, but the Niners are the class of the NFC right up there with the Eagles and Cowboys. Um, coming off a short week, we're a little banged up. Obviously, no Saquon either. Um, I'm just hoping for, you know, to keep it under 10 points. Uh, that's what the spread is right now. So if we can keep it close, um, see more signs of life from this offense, uh, then that will be good. But, um, yeah, I just hope, hope for some points against a very good Niners defense. Uh, hope to keep it somewhat close. And then um, I, I'm not really expecting a W. But as long as we can, you know, build upon what we did in that second half against the Cardinals, then I'll, I'll be happy with that outcome. All right. Let's not get crazy yet. We'll get into that game in a minute. Zay, we literally were just talking about how god-awful the Giants were Obviously, in the first game of the season against the Cowboys, you get to halftime, you're down 20 nothing. It's 60 nothing, six quarters into the season. You know, this team obviously comes out in the second half. And this is somewhat concerning. Let's talk about this for a minute. Uh, the Giants have only scored 15 touchdowns in the first half under Brian Dable, 27 
in the second half. Clearly a second half team. They went in there. They made some adjustments. Zay, this looked like a different team in the second half. Uh, yeah, definitely did. Um, I think a lot of that you can attest to is Brian Dable actually calling the plays, no matter whether he'll admit it or not. I think that's a big thing that we've seen as far as the first game. Uh, Giants caught a lot of bad breaks to be down that much at half. You could just see it was deflating. It really just brought down the team in general with the rain. They really didn't have any fight in the second half. They lost it in the first half. So I'm not using that one game to determine the whole entire team because, again, I think that was more of a moral thing. I don't think the Giants were that, you know, are 40 points worse than the Cowboys. I don't think, you know, every time they play, they're going to lose by 40. I think that was one of those, like I said, one of those situations where if everything could go wrong, it went wrong. So that was one of those situations the Giants dealt with. Um, just, again, positive to see them bounce back again in the second half of that game last week. Again, a game where it started off where anything that could go wrong for the Giants did go wrong, but um, they fought together. They pulled it together. They got together. They figured, you know, they – I don't know how to put it without saying Dable won the game for us, but he did. Uh, Dable taking over the play call. If you look at the first half and second half of the Cowboys game, he never had a play sheet in his hand, didn't have a play sheet near him, couldn't find one. And if you look at the second half of the Cardinals game, he's very vocal. He's got the play sheet covering his mouth. He's obviously calling plays or calling the style of play that he may want called. So I think that's a big thing. Um, but, again, look at the Dable effect. You see what's going on with Josh Allen. Josh Allen hasn't looked like Josh Allen since he's left. And then you give, you know, Brian Dable the reins, and he's calling the plays. And Daniel Jones looks like the second coming. It just goes to show you how, you know, important and how big he is on that team. But this team, again, this is this is going to be a huge task going into this week. Uh, week three against the 49ers, short week. You're missing four starters, three on your offensive line. You're obviously your running back. All right. All right. We're going to get to our preview in a minute. Let's – can we relish – for a minute, you guys don't – like, ever, you guys want to just move right on to the next we, week? We don't want to talk about the 60 to nothing anymore. You know, let's – no, let's talk about – let's – listen, Zay, I told Sean this, and I, I, I want to share this as I'm very excited about it, but my son this, this week decided he's in. He's a Giants fan. He's totally invested. It's 20 to nothing at the half. And I'm explaining to him they lost 40 to nothing last week. And he starts doing the math in his head. And he's like, oh, they're on pace to lose 40 to nothing again. And so, interestingly enough, this team comes out in the second half. And and I got to tell you, Daniel Jones has one of the best deep balls in the league. I don't know why they don't do that more. You go down the field. You get the ball in the in the Hyatt's hands. That, that I mean, like once once that happened, it seemed to me that this offense got on track. Immediately, Arizona scored again. It was twenty eight to seven, and I said to my son, "The Giants are going to come back and win this game, 31-28 on a field goal." And you can imagine this little dude's shock. At the end of the game, when the Giants crawled all the way back, uh, th- this this toss here from Daniel Jones, uh, mint. Jones throws end zone shot. It's caught by Hodgins for the touchdown. I mean, my my God, 
I, I know I know some people don't want to admit this, but this is a really good quarterback. And when this guy's protected and has time, this might be one of the top five, top ten guys in the league. In the second half, Daniel Jones threw for 250 yards, ran for 50, threw a couple of touchdown passes, ran for a touchdown, no turnover, and became the first quarterback in NFL history to do all of those things. Not to mention he was robbed to catch that Slayton clearly caught got a full leg in. They they literally took that whole way thing away from him. But uh yeah, that's impressive. And not to mention that play you showed, that was literally the first touchdown play that was called again when the Giants ran against Minnesota last year in the playoffs. That was literally the first mm-hmm. exact play, same side, same receiver. And I don't think Hodges has dropped the ball since he's been a Giant, if I'm being honest. So you, you want to throw that in there. That man is super consistent on top of that. So helping, you know, having those things around Daniel Jones is, is, is very good. I think the, the Giants will start to open up more once the offensive line starts blocking better figuring out what they're going to do with the Evan Neal situation of getting guys back like Bredesen, Andrew Thomas, when they can have guys that can protect Daniel Jones, then they could take those shots. But right now they currently don't have the protection up front to do that. So that's why the game plan changed. And then obviously in the second half, they was in a effort mode. We ain't got no choice. And that's the results we got. So (laughs) it's either they play in effort mode or they figure out this offensive line. And that's how the Giants are going to move forward with this year if they want to make the playoffs. Yeah, um, I mean, Daniel Jones, like you guys said, uh, we haven't seen that before in in a half in football. Uh, First time in NFL history. NFL has been around for a long time now. So um, put some respect on our QB's name. I think he definitely has a chance to, you know, step into that top 10 QB tier uh, this year if he continues to do what he did in that second half. But uh, just a dual threat, um, super athletic. You know, he's a great runner. And like you said, the deep ball. We really haven't seen that a lot, especially in Dable's offense. But I think Jalen Hyatt really, you know, brings that element to this uh, offense. Those big shots uh, to him were great. Obviously, you bring in Darren Waller. Uh, Isaiah Hodgins has been super consistent. So I really do like what this receiving core brings. Uh, I think it it will only um, add to what Daniel Jones does for this offense. So I think if they continue to take uh, or keep doing deep shots like that, it will only, you know, help put more points on the board for this offense. I think it will be tough to do without Saquon because I think the run, you know, helps helps uh, set that up a little bit. Uh, if you bring more players in the box, obviously, obviously there's going to be more opportunities downfield. Um, so I don't think we'll see it too much this week, uh, especially with the pass rush that the Niners bring. But if we do have that element added to the offense, uh, I think it, it's only going to help us down the line. I'm going to dog our boy Sander in a minute, but first I'm going to read his comment. That O-line is going to have to protect because Giants, other than Waller, doesn't have the weapons on the outside to get open quick and get the ball out quick. Daniel Jones also has the, the tied for the, the, the uh, longest uh, release in the league. So that is problematic. That said, halftime, Sunday, Sander. He was chatting it up. Sander was talking a lot of smack. <laughs> and 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 as everyone knows, that junk talking didn't age well. Rightfully, I mean, not age well. I mean, rightfully so. I mean, obviously, we saw what it was. It looked bad for the Giants. You can't get mad at him for talking. 
But I mean, a big thing we mentioned before, a little bit though. <laughs> we mentioned before a big thing, you know, before the season began. A big thing Daniel Jones needed to learn how to do was win games in the second half. That was one thing I brought up. I I said Eli Manning was really good at winning games in the second half. He has a ton of comebacks for us in the second half. That you know, when he had the ball at the end of the game, a lot of Giants fans felt comfortable, and you felt like you actually had an opportunity. I think Daniel Jones last week has shown us a glimmer that he can actually be that guy for us. And again, I, I said that's the missing piece for me. I need to see Daniel Jones being able to pull this team, you know, out of the fire, out of the dark, and being able to go out there and you know pull a win for us. And that's what he did. So I think we're we're seeing a lot of growth and a lot of steps in Daniel Jones in only week two. Uh, I can't wait to see what the rest of this year you know has for us because I think a lot of people are doubting us, obviously with our schedule, with our personnel, with our players. But I think the Giants again. I still stand on my laws. I think we have a really good chance of making the playoffs and being a really good team this year. I'm I'm not backing down on what I said. First game didn't rattle me at all. Again, you, you throw in weather, you throw in circumstances. There's so much that happened in that game to break down. We could break it down for a month probably. But, you know, again, the Giants showed us some fight. They showed us they want to continue. And I'm ready to see what week three, you know, brings for us uh, despite all the controversy that week two ended with whether it be the Kayvon Thibodeau situation or whether Barkley's playing or not, whatever those situations, I'm actually, you know, I can't wait to see how this goes. We'll (laughs) we'll get to that in a hot minute. Uh, Sander admits he did go ham. Uh, It motivated Dable to put a fire in his boys. Yeah, uh, I'll say it was embarrassing, Sander, and you definitely (laughs) were, were, um, you were definitely chapping our... I don't know. I don't know what was, I'm trying to say here. He was chatting. That's the best way to put it. He was chatting. He was just running his mouth. He was Aunt, chatting. Aunt Dom here has it right. These goddamn giants, man. That's yeah. Right. That's right. Yeah. Well said. Uh, very well said. Gotta ask you this before we look forward to uh, uh, tomorrow night's game. How much do you love Darren Waller? Or, or better, how much does Daniel Jones love Darren Waller and every? Oh, hopefully he's going to stay healthy. He looks amazing so far. That's that's his go-to target right now. Oh, you can go, Zach. No, I mean, you could have went. But, yeah, no, he is uh, – I, I agree with Sean. His favorite target right now, he's putting up numbers. He's actually the highest – I think he has the most amount of yards of all tight ends in the league right now. And it's just going to show you that for a long time, Daniel Jones has needed a comfortable, reliable safety blanket outside of Saquon Barkley where he can throw the ball above the first down line, above 10 yards, above 15 yards, and actually feel comfortable that he can make a play. If it's so long, you know, we've had guys who may catch the ball, may not catch the ball, may make a play. But for now, you know, first time in a Daniel Jones' career, he has a waller, a safety blanket, someone who makes him feel comfortable. And, again, the stats have shown it. He's leading the league. So he's been a huge improvement over what we had uh i would love to see bellinger get more involved in the offense because i think bellinger is still a great tight end i don't want to forget about him but yeah him and waller that connection has been nothing but beautiful since they've gotten together yeah i mean waller Waller's just a mismatch nightmare um if you want to put a safety or linebacker on him he's going to run right past them uh if you want to put a smaller nickel corner on him uh he, he's just too big for him so I think uh, we're going to see Jones to Waller a lot this year. And uh, as they said, it leads the league uh, in receiving yards by tight end so far. Uh, and that's even after a quiet week one where obviously, you know, he, he didn't get that many touches. But 
I think we're going to enjoy that a lot. I think that he might get into the end zone tomorrow night. And um, it, it's just – it gives another element to this offense where we have speed on the outside, but having that speed in the inside at the tight end position uh, just going to open up um, a lot for this offense. And I think he'll end up having probably the most receiving yards and catches by uh, any Giants receiver this year. I will point out, by the way, that the 2007 Giants, a team that went on to win the Super Bowl – Lost its first game to Dallas 45-35 and then lost to Green Bay 35-13. to So the Giants gave up 80 points in the first two games. Hold on. And was on the verge of blowing the third game until the second half of that Redskins game. The second half of the game, excuse me, where they ended up actually coming back to win that game and it flipped the whole season around. They Absolutely off. correct. 24-17 win. Yes, sir. So, again, you know, look, the, the, the Giants – it's funny you you say uh, it didn't like you weren't you weren't totally freaked out because that's that's not unusual for the Giants. So all right, let's talk about. Obviously, there's a huge matchup here coming up. It is Thursday night football. The New York Giants taking on the San Francisco 49ers. This is official, by the way. Saquon Barkley will not be playing tomorrow night against the 49ers. So that's uh, a little problematic, I think, uh, for the Giants. But, but Saquon played well. He didn't play great. I, I think that's now touchdown. that Daniel Jones has Darren Waller, I think uh, he might be a little less reliant on on the swing pass to, you know, the running back, whether that be, you know, Bereta or whoever, whoever is in the backfield this week with Saquon out. I would think that Darren Waller is going to see a dozen targets this week, Sean. Is that roughly about right? Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd say probably around 10. I, I would definitely expect that. Um, we're going to have to get something out of that passing game. Um, I just don't think that we're going to, you know, run the ball too many times other than maybe a couple design runs for DJ. Um, I, I think Brito will get some carries, but I think it's going to be a big passing game. Uh, I think it will be a lot of quick game because you don't want DJ standing back there um, against this Niners pass rush with a bunch of, you know, second string O-linemen in there. I don't think you want them to be dropping back all day. So, a lot of quick passing, I think, will be the move this week. Um, and that that goes right to Darren Waller, um, getting right off the line and getting him the ball, I think, will be huge. So I I, I see him getting 10 targets this week. Um, but I, I think that we're going to be trailing in this game, too. Um, unfortunately, I just don't think it's going to go too well. So I think a lot of pass opportunities will be there. So I, I think Waller will get a lot of targets. Um, Slayton, Shepard, a lot of quicks. Um you know, quick routes for some of the slot guys. So I expect a lot for Darren Waller and Paris Campbell, maybe. What are your thoughts on this comment from Sander? Don't come yes. at me, bro, but I wouldn't be surprised. The, if the Cowboys are 2-0. and oh. They look like one of the best best teams in the league, and he can't even focus on that. That's Cowboys fans are just miserable. We live rent-free in their head, even though we're 1-1 one and one and we don't look great. Just worry about your team, all right? Worry about your team going 13-4 and four and then losing in the first round again. All right, Sander? Don't, <laughs> don't come at the Giants right now, okay? <laughs> Pause. We all know what's going to happen. It happens every year. 
I love Sander because listen, if there was a if there was a Cowboys podcast, I'm sure he'd be watching that instead. And since there's not, he does watch the podcast and 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 we do appreciate, I, I appreciate that. Sander. Appreciate the views. I just I can't stand Cowboys. <laughs> Zay, you know, it, it, are the Giants in trouble this week? Is is this going to be a bad one? Do the wheels fall off the bus? Is this like a thirty-eight to fourteen kind of a yikes? Um, the schedule would say. Uh, the way the schedule has been, the way we've been playing, it would everything would point to yes, but history would point to no. Uh, the Giants have been heavy underdogs coming into the you know Levi Stadium or wherever they want to call it, San Fran. They've been heavy underdogs many a times, and the Giants have found ways to pull it off in some of the most unlikely scenarios. Obviously, the game with Eli Manning back in the 2011 run where the Giants were huge underdogs in that game. He found a way to pull it off there. And they played him in the NFC Championship game back in 1990 where they were able to get through that. But those were NFC Championship games. This is the yeah, third You know what helps year. to have, though? You know what really helps to have? Lawrence Taylor. That, that will does, go a long way. Listen, <laughs> let's, let's say this. Jokes aside here, this defense, Thibodeau, Williams and Lawrence in particular, they they, they got to start playing. And also, I think Okereke, um, not hearing that name a whole lot right now. And and that is disappointing. Uh, and I forget who which of you mentioned before uh, Joshua Dobbs running over Xavier McKinney. That was not pretty. Not inspiring. Not inspiring defense. And I was saying to Sean just before we hit the airwaves, look, I think if this – if you keep this defense off the field and then they come out rested, they play a lot better as they did in the second half. If if the offense can sustain some stuff and get, get moving and keep them off the field and also, you know, maybe don't keep, you know, don't, don't get down by a quick 30 is key here. It is key. It is key. <laughs> oh yeah, that would help. And especially uh, when you look at our D line, when you're relying on them to get a pass rush, when you have rookie cornerbacks, you have to try and help them out. And luckily, so far, Banks and Hawkins have held up fairly well for being rookie cornerbacks. But you got to help them out a little bit with you know Kayvon, Aziz, Dex, and Leo. Um, they got to be there. They haven't shown up in the first two weeks at all. Uh, Leo was getting pushed around like a rag doll last week. Um, Dexter's been okay. Kayvon, obviously, I know there's been a lot of heat in the media this week, but he, I don't, I'm not saying he's nowhere near bust territory. People that are saying that I, I think are idiotic, but he does have to start to pick it up uh, and get this pass rush going because you can't leave those two rookie corners on islands all game. Um, eventually, they're, they're, it's going to all break through. So I think that the pass rush has to start to get, get it going this week. Um, it will only help out the rookie corners who so far have actually, you know, held up pretty well. But I mean, those guys are getting paid a lot of money up front. Um, they they got to be able to be there um, and, and get after the quarterback. Uh, Evan Neal is is playing, not well, but he is definitely playing. He's, he's out there. <laughs> I promise that. Yeah, remember remember y'all wanted that. I wanted Gardner. Don't like to laugh. I wanted sauce. Y'all wanted Evan Neal. I yeah, you know, sauce. you 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 did say that the other day uh in a, in our chat and uh I feel like you you're you're really sticking by that. Um in him the moment 
in the moment, it all seemed right. Him and Thibodeau have not looked good for the first picks of our GM. They have not looked good. And yet, and yet he gets a pass still, it seems like. I honestly, I was in his first year, so that, that will uh, Last GM might have bought more talent on the team. So I'm just yeah. hate to be the look, he bought Thomas in, he bought Jones, he bought Saquon, who everyone complains about and says we need, even though if you go back to Green Bay, there were drives that, that Green Bay game last year, they would drive Saquon was out the whole drive, and Daniel Jones went down the field and scored. So I don't understand what the whole premise is that Daniel Jones needs, you know, Saquon Barkley, but you know, you can hate on Gettleman. Gettleman bought some talent. He made some mistakes with Galladay. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Guys like Galladay, that was a mistake. But he also bought in talent. He bought in Dexter Lawrence. He bought in Leonard Williams. He bought in Xavier McKinney. You know, these guys who we are, you know, at least last year we were raving about. So we can't completely just drop the axe on Gettleman. He did bring talent. Wondell Robinson is talent. You know, there are guys on that roster that he did bring. And it's just about getting these guys to play up to their potential. All right. Zay's got to bounce. We, we, we were on a limited time basis here with Zay. So uh, let's fault. talk about. No, it's all good, my man. I'm glad that you're here. We needed it. We needed you here. Let's talk about uh, fantasy locks. Uh, Sean, why don't you go first? Who's your fantasy lock? I'm going with the man himself, Bijan Robinson. Um, he's been a beast so far. Um, especially fantasy wise, but he's got a lot more touches or he got a lot more touches in week two, finally scored his first touchdown. Um, but this guy is going to be a, you know, 20 to 25 touch a, a guy game or per game for the Falcons. Um, there's a reason that they went and drafted him super high for a running back. Um, and, and he's going to continue it against a Lions defense. That isn't that great. Um, Lions defense or Lions offense puts up a lot of points. So I expect this to be a high scoring game, but if the Falcons want to win this game, they're going to want to hold on to the ball for a little bit. Uh, try and you know run that clock. So I expect a lot of Bijan in this game, um, coming out of the backfield too. So Bijan's going to have a monster week, and he's going to lead every player in the NFL in fantasy points this week. Whoa, Zay! I call lock for no reason this week. Yeah, no kidding. I got uh, what would normally be the gimme of the week if the Chiefs weren't playing LA. Um, <laughs> I actually have Mac Jones. Um, give me Mac Jones all day against the Jets. I don't. I mean, the Jets are going through a really rough patch right now, and there's nothing more I'd love as a Giants fan than to beat down on the Jets even more. So I'm going to take Mac Jones this week. He should have a big game. Uh, he should be able to put up against numbers against this team, a defense that's really good, even though they claim the historic. They haven't shown it yet, but the fact that their offense is part basically non-existent with Zach Wilson running it, they'll be on the field too many times. Mac Jones should have a ton of time to score. He should have a ton of, you know, a ton of, uh, excuse me, drives to score. So look for Mac Jones to put up a ton of points against the Jets this week. Mac Jones. I thought this was Zay's pick, not Joe's. I do like it. I do like it. I don't think you guys are going to like my pick at all. Oh, it's gonna my be so fantasy me. lock for McCaffrey, week, isn't it? Yeah. Is, it. Yeah. Christian McCaffrey. I got to tell you, I've, I've watched leaving. the first two Niners games and uh, he's healthy. Mm-hmm. And oh my God. Oh, geez. With, with the, that offense is, is ridiculous. This guy's a beast. I would expect, again, the way the Giants defense has been playing, not getting the job done against the run. 
Um, and as I mentioned, the the second level of this defense has also been terrible, which means this guy's going to be catching all kinds of passes. It's going to be a rough week. So that is terrible. our fantasy locks terrible. of change, the week. Change, change. I'm changing my pick now. I'm pick, I want the Giants. I want somebody. The Giants are now going to win the game. Joe just mushed it. <laughs> All right, let's wrap things up here. We're going to hit on there. There's some big games this week. We're going to start off, obviously, with the Giants and the 49ers. Sean, give me a score on this game. Uh, I'll go I'll go 31-17. Uh, I think they, they lose by two touchdowns. I, I think they keep it somewhat close into the second half, show more fight than they did for those first six quarters. Um, I think they start to figure things a little bit out on offense, but – Niners are one of the best teams in the league, so that they're they're no joke. So I think we keep it somewhat close, and they, they pull away late. So I'll go 31-17, Niners. Zay? I'm seeing a 2017 type of game. Um, I hear uh, hear the output. I hear about how good they are, but I think the Giants actually have a load of confidence right now. I think they know where they've been and where they don't want to be again, so I think the Giants will swing along. Um, but I'm thinking 2017 Giants and not 49ers. Ooh. I'm thinking the Giants pull this one out um, by the skin of their teeth. I don't think – I think Dable understands right now, you know, being a New York coach, you're going to be under fire every – you know, every time something happens or doesn't go your way. And I think he learned that after the first game. And I think he's learning that now with the second game when everybody questioning whether or not he made the calls and Kafka made the calls. So I think in order to make sure things don't get out of hand again, I think Dable from the jump will – he will be riding the ship as the captain, and he will make the calls from the jump, and I think the Giants will find a way to stay in it. I think they'll keep it close. I think it'll be 20-17. to 17. Uh, If they could just keep Daniel Jones off his back, I think they should be fine. I, I got 38-24, 49ers. I think the Giants get into a big hole. I think the Giants come up short, but I think they have a, another strong second half. All right. Uh, Titans. Versus Cleveland, uh, Sean. <clears throat> Score on this one. Um, I th- I think the Browns will pull it out even without Nick Chubb. Um, I, I think that their offense um has been a little bit improved. I think Deshaun Watson will look better in this game um than he did on Monday night. But the Titans defense is pretty tough, so I think it'll be a somewhat low scoring game. I'll say Browns pull this out twenty three to twenty. I think they'll they'll win by a field goal. Zay. Titans, Cleveland. Um, I'm going to go Titans on this one. I'm not really impressed with Cleveland. Um, Obviously, Nick Chubb was their horse. I do not like what I'm seeing from Deshaun Watson. He's getting paid too, way too much money to be playing the way he's been playing. He's been completely inaccurate. He doesn't look comfortable in the pocket. He just hasn't been the Deshaun Watson that was really, really good in Houston. I don't know if it's because he's not getting rubbed down anymore after games, but he oh, just geez. hasn't been – the same player so again I, I this is this is again i was i'm a houston I, I watch houston's texas i'm not a texas fan i do watch houston i was shocked when they traded watson but now i see why they traded watson they're looking like the winners of this trade so yeah i'm gonna see tennessee in this one i'm not really big on the score situation i haven't watched most of them play much this year but i will say tennessee but i do gotta run guys great show i will see you guys later gotta get back to the live show Apologies. All right, I'm I'm gonna go uh 24-16. I think Titans win this game. All right, let's go Atlanta versus Detroit, which is suddenly a game everybody's into. 
Yeah, I mean the Falcons, um, second year under Arthur Smith, they've they've actually looked pretty impressive. They added a lot of you know players on defense. Uh, Jesse Bates has probably been the best safety in football so far. Um, added to their front seven, but I, I think the Lions are still a little bit better. Um, I think it'll be a pretty good game. I think there'll be a lot of points in this one. I'd probably end up taking the over, but uh, I, I think that the Dolph or Dolphins Lion. I think the Lions will pull this out. I'd probably say thirty to twenty six. I'm feeling. Um, but I think Bijan, I think Bijan will have a monster day, like I said. Um, and I expect a lot of points out of this one. I, I think it'll be a fun game. I got 30 28 Detroit. Great minds think alike. I like that. Yeah. Uh, let's talk Chargers, Minnesota. Somebody's going 0 3 here. Um, I think it's going to be the Chargers that go 0 3. <laughs> Uh, again, I, I'm, I'm, I don't know about you and you know, I've been saying this for a couple of years now, Justin Herbert leads this team to losses a lot and it's everybody else's fault. He three and outed, they lost the game. I mean, come on, dude, it, it, it take a little responsibility for, for never putting your team in a great position to win the game. All the numbers, all the talent, it's it's getting sad. I think Kirk Cousins gets it figured out this week. Yeah, I mean, this this one, just the battle of the mid. Um, I mean, both these teams just can't figure it out. I feel like they're kind of this, you know, similar teams, like the same team on in each conference. They both have great offenses, um, high-powered, but um, just can't really figure it out. So I'd, I'd probably agree. I, I think the Vikings will pull this one out, but both these teams are just super disappointing. Um, I mean, both – you know, made the playoffs last year, but I don't think they will this year. Um, just two teams with a lot of talent, but just never can really seem to figure it out. So I think this one would be ugly. I think it will be an ugly season for both these teams. But if I had to pick, say, Vikings, I don't know, 28-27, one-point game. Vikings I like that. I'm away. going 30-24. I think Herbert has the ball late, maybe with about a minute to go, and he turns the ball over. It seems to be what he does. Wouldn't be a shocker. All right. Uh, then the Monday night football game, Eagles versus the possible contender Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Shawnee, what do you got? Yeah, they're not a possible contender. They've looked good through two weeks. I, I think their defense still has a lot of talent from those Brady teams um, that has showed up. Um, Baker Mayfield hasn't looked like he doesn't know what's going on out there. So that that's a good sign for them. But uh, the Eagles are one of the elite teams in the NFL. Uh, they're going to win this one pretty handily, I think, uh, by at least 10. I'd probably say 31-18, Eagles win this one. But I do think I, the Bucks, Bucks have a chance to win this division just because of their defense. And if Baker doesn't turn the ball over you know, so much, that they have a shot. But uh, Eagles are just much better than them. Yeah. Uh, chalk me down for a 38-16 Philadelphia win. That sounds right. Yeah, that feels good. I like good. the sound of it. All right. Good show this week. Great I show. I feel this good. Week. I feel good. I feel good. The Giants are feeling good. Uh, make sure you follow us Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Jawing About the G Men. You can also visit clovercrestmedia.com backslash Jawing About the G Men. For King Zay, Isaiah Groves, and Sean Scanlon, I am Joe McGuire. We will talk to you next week on John About the Genius.